I figure I just hit all the buttons, you know, I, I see, see what happened that's there. exactly what happened. Yes, just like a little child say, with, with buttons. And thankfully, you weren't in an elevator. Otherwise, we'd be stopping at every floor. Were you that kid, Josh? <laughs> no, actually, I wasn't. And you want to know what's funny? So uh, in, in Vegas now, you know, um, the way that they have the elevators, like you have to scan your yeah. your key card, like your hotel key, and it only lets you hit your floor. Yep. And the amount of people who just don't understand how to operate that thing is hilarious. As, yeah. And, like, and I'm not even talking like 3 a.m. Like, you know, like I was able to operate it when I didn't really exactly recall walking from the three-card poker table back to my room. Uh, and I was able to do it. But just people like at... 11 a.m. You know, sober, sober as a judge, don't know how to operate it, and it's, it, it always makes me chuckle. Yeah, it's it's the old Shawn Michaels bit when he would show up backstage at a WWE show and not know how to operate a computer keyboard. It's a good running gag. <laughs> yeah, there are some people that are just very technologically illiterate, which leads me, Josh, to an unfortunate disclosure that I need to make before we start talking about the Oaks and the Derby. When it comes to big days, I'm a pen and paper guy. I kill trees. It's really quite an unfortunate problem. Yeah, it's all right. Hey, at least at least uh, the DRF didn't rip you off for fifteen dollars for uh, for four tracks like they do on track. So, yeah, that's not ideal. But no, I got what I needed, so that's a good thing. And uh, you notice those past performances—they got some thickness to them. Uh, just refresh my memory. We're doing something on other races besides the Oaks and the Derby on this channel, right? Right? Oh, goodness. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm wiped. All right. I forgot how much work. Dude, I'm trying to throw you softballs so you can promote <laughs> your own stuff. You really need to be better at this. Yeah, we have uh, we have a series of videos uh, for the, the pick six, the two-day pick six, um, which uh, starts off with the La Troyenne on uh, Friday Kentucky Oaks um, Friday, and then it is the Derby City Distaff, the Churchill Downstakes, the Turf Classic, and uh, culminates in the Kentucky Derby. I have six different guests doing six different races. Um, you know, I uh, you know I, I like I like talking with my friends, so it's basically just you know my buddies uh, we uh, we did it with. So uh, a couple people, fans of the show, a couple of. Um, uh, you know, uh, other podcasters and uh, content creators, and uh, we'll wrap it up tomorrow with uh, with Ryan Dickey uh, on Thursday, uh, who's going to be doing the Churchill Downstakes, um, and uh, he's kind of all of the above. So I think it's a good <laughs> it's a good way to end. But uh, yeah, tons of videos out there. Uh, I know Caleb just did a um, kind of a Kentucky Derby draft uh, with. Um, uh, Gino, uh, Matthew DeSantis, and the sniper, Barry Spears. So I know they just did that. Um, Andrew and myself, I know, and I think Caleb as well, we all are, are doing stuff with Gino on his podcast. So a lot of content, a lot of work. Um, you know, and we, we do it for you guys because uh, we, we definitely do not draw a paycheck from any of this. Um, yes, everything <laughs> we do, we do it for you. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a Brian Adams song. Uh, yeah, uh, something like that. We'll, yeah. We'll give you partial credit on that one. Now, now, the Canadian government has apologized for Brian Adams on several occasions. 
<laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's just been it's been a busy couple uh, busy couple days. Um, I'm off of work uh, for I'm gonna clap for myself. I'm off of work uh, basically until next Thursday. Wow. Um, so well, I have I took Thursday Friday off. Right, I figured Thursday. Um, will give me time to finish any last minute content and things like that, get stuff ready and, and then get my head straight off of content, um, to actually handicap, you know, Friday, Saturday's cards fully enjoy the Thurby card. Hold um, it. Hold it. We interrupt this broadcast for a public service announcement that all of you out there, either watching or listening on whatever platform you're digesting this in must see or hear. Thurby is not a word. It is a marketing concept. And if you use it the way my co-host just did, no, just don't do it. It sounds patently stupid. Look at no. Let's, no. Here, let's stop before you go crazy, right? Too late. I already have. Look at Thurby, whatever. All right. What I have a problem with is 502 Tuesday. Yeah, that's a lousy gimmick too. 502 Tuesday is lousy. Thurby, all right. We, have, we all have friends that work at Churchill Downs. We're not knocking those people. We're not knocking the people that bust their butts trying to put together some good handicapping, some good insight. They've been doing a lot of fantastic work on the work shows that Churchill Downs has been producing every morning. We're not knocking those people. Some of these gimmicks, my God. And this and is coming from a man. Anything, if anyone knows anything about bad gimmicks, it's me. Yeah. Coming from the man name gimmick. Hey. Um, yeah. Your name uh, might be Lord Miles after the past. I, I have a bigger problem with 502's Day and Champions Day than I do Thurby. Mm -hmm. At least Thurby is a fun fun little play on words. It's not fun. It's stupid. It's very fun. It's yeah, stupid. it's very fun. You're Excuse so me while I why, is, why are you grumpy? It's literally like 9 p.m. your time. It's 11 p.m. my time, right? If anyone should be grumpy, it should be me. I got caffeine right in here. Mm. I'm good. I'm I'm wired. I'm rolling. I'm ready to go through a whole bunch of horses that you probably think have absolutely no shot. So yeah. you know, I'm really just getting fired up. Speaking of caffeine, have I extolled the virtues of quite possibly the best energy drink I've ever had? Which best energy drink is this? Ghost? Sour Patch Kids Redberry. It tastes like drinking Sour Patch Kids. It is delicious. Uh, I bought a 12-pack of it, and I literally cannot stop drinking them. Uh, and that's probably a problem. Um, and they're kind of expensive. So uh, I, uh, I ordered some Rockstar uh, for, um, uh, for the week. Point of order. Exactly how much sugar is in Zero the 12-pack? Wait, what? Yeah, it's it's uh, like sucralose or whatever, Splenda. Okay, so it's a whole bunch of other stuff that can kill you. Yeah, okay. yeah. My wife says I'm just drink. I'm basically just drinking Drano. Um, so, I mean, she's not wrong. No, I mean it's you know I, I you know I, I I live you know I live fast life, you know fast cars, fast food. Live fast, die young, leave a good looking corpse. Got it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just um, I, it's just so delicious, but. Uh, Shout out to uh, to Jeff Gersman who uh, uh, rates these sugar free drinks and has like a tier list of these things. But hey, uh, I'm just happy you didn't say Prime, man. I've never had him. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's uh, that's the 
That's the uh, Japanese suicide, uh, Japanese suicide forest Logan guy, right? Logan Paul, yes. He's a Logan, boxer or something now, right? He's a professional wrestler for WWE, and he's not bad at it. As a professional wrestler, he's fine. Literally, he's a pro wrestler now. Yes, he worked WrestleMania against Seth freaking Rollins. It was great. As a professional wrestler, he's fantastic. Literally everything else he does, get away from me. Get away from me. But as a professional wrestler, it's highly entertaining watching him get his head kicked in. I don't believe you. Okay. Um, then you also won't believe that KSI showed up at WrestleMania in a prime bottle. <laughs> That's funny. Wasn't Logan Paul fought KSI? Wasn't that like his first? It was, but now they're friends. It's almost like it was a work the whole time. Oh, I'm thinking of his brother. Yeah, well. His yeah, brother's so brother the other boxer. The guy that invested in Better, the sportsbook platform, but is now getting arrested, now getting indicted or something along those lines for some sort of cryptocurrency thing. Yeah. Mm. Bet you didn't think you were going to get analysis of the Paul brothers 10 minutes into a Kentucky Oaks and Kentucky Derby podcast. I thought they were the same guy. That's fine. I mean, tomato, tomato. Um, but yeah, so there, anyways, long story short. A lot of content out there with the, with uh, with the two of us and and, and our friends all out there, um, but uh, you know, Andrew, I know your schedule is still up in the air for the rest of the week. Uh, we had, we had you penciled in possibly to do a stream this week, but I know uh, uh, things are always fluid, so we'll we'll see I'll keep if you're posted. yeah we'll my see. people will call your people. We'll see what happens there, but um, I I would be remiss if I didn't give you uh, you know at least five or six minutes to talk about uh about these races so um i figure we'll, we'll, we'll just stick with the two big ones and then if we got uh if we got thoughts on some of the other ones we got some time maybe we'll, we'll, we'll talk we'll talk about those but um let me go ahead and pull up good old kentucky oaks here we go uh, and you know i i guess let, let's preface this by saying um maybe not the strongest running of the Kentucky Oaks uh, that we've seen in recent memory. Um, at least in my mind, it feels like the female division has been markedly stronger than the male division over the past, I don't know, four or five years. Um, and I just think that this isn't, this isn't off here. This just, this, is, this just happens, right? You know, all, all the steam horses of, of the beginning of the year, um, maybe kind of just got found out uh horses like who's your philly uh who's an ae in this race you remember when people were saying who's your philly should run in the kentucky derby against we, male that yep. was special and you can hear more about that on uh a episode a special episode of the pick six the pick six show that we did there earlier. you go see am I, uh, maybe i'll learn how to do that all right you've just scrolled through the entire field and you have nothing written by the two horses i'm using we're off to a yeah, this is gonna be great art. um but uh yeah who's your philly uh julia shining was the the fastest horse in the world uh for probably about two or three starts uh and they're both aes you know um and then you have another horse uh by the name of wonder wheel um who uh you know at, at a certain point people were like rock me mama like like wonder wheel um but um you know now you know now it's like why why are you shaking your head that was really bad 
Yeah. I don't know. Every time I see Wonder Wheel, I just I just see Hootie up there singing that song, you know? Oh, He's no. saying it's Wonder Wheel time. Wake Every up. Every time I look at Wonder Wheel, I see a horse that is guilty of the same thing a lot of people are accusing Forte of, the whole champion two-year-old and not stepping forward at all. Yeah, yeah. So, so we're in agreement. Wonder Wheel is Forte. Okay, cool. No, no, we're not um, in agreement there. But that's what that actually looks like. Yeah. And so I, I have some preliminary notes written on the PPs if you're watching on, uh, on YouTube. Um, I, I think... I spent some time after recording our podcast or, or our uh, episode of the Pick Six Show earlier today, um, and, and I kind of thought thought on the race a little bit more. So I think I maybe have a, a little bit more of a concrete opinion on this race. Um, I, I got two horses I really like in the spot. Um, you know, uh, I, I think my my top pick might be the eleven horse in this race, uh, Defining Purpose, uh, coming out of the Ashland. Uh, which is, uh, you know, generally a pretty good race. Um, and, you know, I, I, I did make a comment about Julia Shining, right, um, who, who finished third in that race. But, you know, I, I thought Julia Shining actually ran a really nice race, um, and, and so did Defining Purpose. Now, this might be, uh, you know, I, I know, Andrew, you've accused certain horses that I like of maybe getting perfect trips, and this might be a case where, you know, this horse just stalked Stalked the entire time, got clear, and got a perfect trip. But you know, good horses, uh, good horses find trips, and uh, maybe that's just a case of uh, Brian Hernandez being able to work out a nice trip. And why can't he do it again? Uh, horse has been working very well. Um, I, I haven't necessarily. I'm not a person who listens so much to like. You don't listen? What a shock. Yeah. Well, I'm not listening out there like, you know, going on Twitter and listening to people being like, oh, this horse is working great or whatever. Um, unless it's someone who I really, really trust, you know, such as David Aragona talking about two fills. Or like your co-host who, had, did I mention, had Lord Miles at 59 to 1 to win the Wood Memorial and it hit and paid $120.50. Just saying, trust is earned, folks, not given. Anyways, I really like Defining Purpose, um, and, and the other horse I like in this race uh, is the Four South Lawn. Um, won the Fairground Oaks, which uh, in uh, historically has been the most uh, productive prep for um, the uh, the Kentucky Oaks. Um, I, I I'm sh you're grinning because you probably think same thing that this is another horse that just tripped out and and won. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna let you finish, but you know uh, might have regressed a little bit uh, from that uh, that last race uh, or the two back race, the optional claimer uh, at least on Briz seemed to regress a little bit, um, but I mean I'll tell you this horse, this horse basically drew up next to uh, to the horse and just blew past, um, and, and one has has got two very impressive wins. You know, maybe there's a little bit of a question in the fact that, that it was at Fairgrounds, which was, was playing a little bit weird uh, this winter. Um, but I don't know. I, I I just think that this horse is coming in uh, with a pretty two pretty impressive wins here uh, at uh, at three. Um, do, does need to take a step forward to win, uh, but I think still does does have that ability to take a step forward. Okay. This is the reason I love doing this stuff. Because you get people that have seen thousands of horse races that are good handicappers 
that see a race completely differently. Folks out there in podcast land, Josh has just given you two horses. I hate them both. South Lawn, we'll start there because that's the horse that's up on the uh, screen if you're watching this on YouTube. You mentioned that you thought the horse regressed that last time off of the two-back race. I completely disagree with that, and I think a lot of speed figures might have this wrong. If you look at the two races, both at a mile and a 16th at the fairgrounds, that two-back effort, 145 and four, the last effort, 144 and one. I understand time is not everything. There are some people that will tell you time only matters if you're in jail. Josh, South Lawn moved forward eight lengths time-wise from the two-back start to the start that she had last time in the Fairgrounds Oaks. I think she's sitting on a bounce. This, to me, looks like last time was the time. She ran spectacular in that particular race, but she comes to Churchill Downs where she went 0 for 2 last year and wasn't close. I can forgive the debut clunker because she lost to Wonder Wheel when that one was going really well. I cannot forgive the Pocahontas, where she had absolutely no excuse. I don't think she likes this track. I don't want her at 8 to 1. I need a far bigger price than I am likely to get. And as far as defining purpose is concerned, I'll give you a little bit to scroll all the way down to horse number 11 in your past performances. Yes, she won the Ashland. Will you do me a favor and look at the two and three back races and look who kicked her butt? Josh is highlighting a horse by the name of Wet Paint, who he did not mention at all whatsoever, yet who is going to be a deserving favorite in this particular race. Wet Paint's my top pick. She's a closer that's going to get a lot of speed in front of her. Ever since they stretched this horse out to two turns on dirt, she has been automatic. She gets one of the best riders in the game on a closer in Flavian Pratt. She's doing what she wants to do. She's in form. That last out race was sensational. She ran an 89 buyer speed figure that day, which is the top buyer speed figure of any dirt horse in this field. Yes, it's a slow division. Wet paint, though, I think is the best of what seems like a subpar crop. She's going to be, I think, a little bit lower than five to two. I think she's going to be two to one, maybe nine to five. So I understand, Josh, you not being overly enthralled with the prospect of taking wet paint and going against her in a big field. I just think she's far and away the best horse in this race. Having said that, there's another horse in here that, Josh, I'm going to guess wasn't your first throwout but was probably your second, third, or fourth throwout. Well, my first throwout was wet paint, so clearly it wasn't. All right, so we're seeing this race completely differently then. Okay, a couple of years ago, in 2021, I made a lot of money on the Kentucky Derby off of the theory that a horse that didn't show up for the Kentucky Derby just didn't exist. Cross him out in the past performances, and all of a sudden, Medina Spirit looked a heck of a lot better. I'm referring to Life is Good, by the way. Nice horse. Was one of the top three-year-olds that year. Got knocked off the derby trail. Josh, I'm going to need you to scroll down to number nine and tell me no lies. From the barn of Peter Miller. 
On speed figures, at least from buyers, she's slow. On Briz figures, she stacks up a little bit better. I actually really like what I'm seeing there. But do me a favor and cross out Faza, the winner of the Santa Isabel and the Santa Anita Oaks. Assume she does not exist because for purposes of this race, she does not. The owner of that horse kept the filly with Bob Baffert. As a result, won several Kentucky Oaks prep races, but was ineligible for points. Faza would not be worse than the second choice in this particular field. She's pretty good. But if you assume that she doesn't exist, in and tell me no lies, you have a horse that was a grade one winner at two, also won the grade two chandelier, didn't run well in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies, but I can excuse that. She's a closer, and going a mile and a 16th at Keeneland with that short stretch is often not what a closer wants to do. It is very tough to make up ground there. I am happy to draw a line through that race. You draw a line through that race, you act like FaZa doesn't exist. You have a horse that's two for two this year, and all of a sudden that 15 to one on the morning line becomes what? Eight to one, 10 to one? I think Antonio Lies is going to be a significant overlay and at her likely price, with all of that in mind, I need to use her. Because with the exception of the juvenile fillies, where she had an excuse based on how the track was playing and what her trip was, she's done nothing wrong. Give me that horse as an A because she's 15 to one on the morning line and I think that's gonna go up. That's the bomb that I would suggest you use. Yeah, I kind of think it's going to go up too because it's the second best horse from the Pacific, uh, the Pacific time zone in this race. Really? Who yeah. do you like better? Well, you know, not necessarily California racing, but there's a little state called New Mexico. New, hang on, point of order. New Mexico is mountain time, so it's not the Pacific time zone. Well, yeah, but doesn't it depend? I believe it's Arizona that doesn't mm. observe daylight savings time. I'm not sure about New Mexico. Okay, but well, yes. a horse that, that tried to break its maiden at Del Mar and then had to go to Zia Park in order to break its maiden. Uh, I, I am talking about Flying Connection. Yep. Uh, I, I'm really... This is a very intriguing horse to me. Now, obviously, uh, if you watch our streams, this is a uh, notably a three-cherry horse here with the E and the eight up here in the designation in Briz. Um, and it is a horse that, that has a bit of sprinter speed that is stretched out and ran really nice in that Sunland Park Oaks. Um, you know, now obviously who does she beat? I mean, probably nothing, nothing um, at all. but, but I still think that this is definitely going to be a horse that shows speed. And interestingly enough, there are Brad Cox horses in this race. And Florent Giroux is on this horse. Now, granted, right, they're, the Brad Cox horses kept their, their last rider. With Would the you mean to tell me? The allies look, who is piloted by Javier Castellano. Look, I hate this horse, but that's a good point. But, like, you mean to tell me, I understand that Chris Landeros rode a horse at Turfway Park, but you mean to tell me that you can't bump a Chris Landeros? For Flo Giroux. I just, I, I thought it was interesting, right? I'm not saying that there's something there, but I am saying that this seems to be the speed of the speed in the race. 
you get Flo aboard, who, granted, is not necessarily the most aggressive rider, but interesting that, that Flo gets aboard here when there are other Brad Cox horses available, theoretically. And, you know, Todd Fincher, maybe not, not a household name, but has trained a couple of nice horses. Um, Senor Buscador, I think, was, uh, you know, is, I think, won a couple graded stakes at this point, or at least his place. He won in, the in ACAC, couple. yes. Yeah. Nice horse. Um, so he knows how to train a horse. So, you know, it, it wouldn't be, um, I mean, yes, it would be a surprise. It's, it's a long price. For me, it's a B or C type in this spot, but it was just one that that kind of, um, you know, sprung my mind. And uh, but one that a horse that I actually very am very interested in is the twelve Darth Vader. Now, I'm not sure if this is just a really bad line. Um, you know, I know that you, Andrew, you might, if you prescribe to the 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 bounce theory. Uh, horse ran its eyeballs out in the Devona Dale. Um, really, really nice race. Won at a huge price. But if you look at, at kind of the horse's pattern, seems to be almost like an every other type. Ran a real, real clunker at Tampa. Went on the layoff. Came back fresh. Ran that nice 92 bridge figure. Won easily. And then kind of bounced in, in the GP Oaks. Now, you have to wonder, is it was it the ha extra half furlong? Because if you look at the running lines, the running lines look pretty similar, right? If you look at the running lines, it, it kind of looks like a horse that came up short, right? Was third a length and a half, second by half a length, took the lead in a stretch, and didn't kick away by four lengths like she did the time before, instead faded back two lengths. So was the horse just short? Is was the horse did the horse bounce? Not really sure. So this is one I'm definitely going to be interested in at a price. Interested in the price on this horse. 20 to 1 on the line. I don't know if you get it, but Luis Saez gets aboard here. He's riding better than anybody in Kentucky right now. I mean, I I I don't understand why why this horse at 20 to 1 isn't worth at least a look. I do. Why is that? Two turns. It's a one-turn horse. If you look at this horse's one-turn efforts, with the exception of that clunker at Tampa, and I have no idea where that came from, if you look at the one-turn races this horse ran, you see a very good horse. I think she's a nice horse running in the wrong race for the right reasons. If they ran her in the eight bells for three-year-old fillies going one turn, I would like her very much. I think she's a one-turn horse that's going two turns solely because she has the points. And the other thing I want to mention is if you like Dorth Vader in that spot, don't you also have to like affirmative lady who beat Dorth Vader last time out and did so going away? Hmm. Maybe you're getting half the price on affirmative lady. That's true. But if you're talking from an ability standpoint, it's not like those two were close. Maybe. And that's the one thing that I really want to stress as we go forward with this handicapping of the Kentucky Oaks and the Kentucky Derby. Bet with your head, not over it. As handicappers, 
A lot of times I think we're all guilty of this. We devalue the horses that win and we look for reasons to back the horses that didn't. That's very, very dangerous. Sometimes it can pay off. Other times you start, and I really hate that I'm using this pun. Even I have standards for goodness sake. Sometimes you wind up looking a gift horse in the mouth. Now, I don't like Affirmative Lady in this spot. I don't think the Gulfstream Park Oaks was all that good of a race. That's just not a stance I have to take. But it's not like Darth Vader was fourth beaten a length with an excuse. Affirmative Lady was pretty convincingly the best horse that day. If you like Darth Vader, I think you also have to like Affirmative Lady in this spot. Well, I like Darth Vader and I don't like Affirmative Lady, so I think you're wrong. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, I have one other horse I liked in the spot. Was there any, any other horse you wanted to talk about in here? Um, so there's one horse in here that has run a 90 buyer speed figure. Who is it? Botanical? Yep. And she's run two of them. The question is, can that Turfway Park form go to dirt? If it does, I think she's got a giant shot. But I'm looking at this line. I see four to one. That's short. Mm-hmm. I need eight to one, 10 to one to be able to take a real shot on her. If she winds up transferring that turfway form to the main track, there's every chance she goes out early and forgets to stop. But you mentioned it. Unless Brad Cox promised Chris Landeros the mount, as some sort of reward for riding this horse at Turfway Park the way that he did. It's not like she's a hard horse to ride. Get her out front and improve her positioning. Yeah. I, I, I've i got some confusion in my head about that horse. And there's another in here that I would like very much with a better post. And that's pretty mischievous, who has not run a bad race to this point in her career. I think she might have moved a little bit early last time out in the Fairgrounds Oaks. She was second beaten three lengths by South Lawn, who, as I've mentioned, I think is a prime bounce candidate. This is an ultra consistent filly. It's just unfortunate that the post is such a killer. Post 14, going a mile and an eighth, she's going to be covering a lot of ground going into that first turn. If she was even in post nine or 10, I would like her so much more. This is a nice filly that I think is going to be one that maybe runs third or fourth that you're going to want to bet back whenever she shows up next. Yeah. Um, earlier today, we, we talked briefly about botanical. Um, just really unsure. I mean, they, they started this horse off at Kentucky Downs and then ran at Keeneland Turf. I mean, that's very deliberate, right? They thought they had a turf horse on their hands, and then the horse went to synthetic and and, and finally won. Um, But you would think um, this is one that they probably will will try to get back on turf at some point. Um, Yeah, I'm not not sure entirely uh, just just how much this horse uh, is a dirt horse, but like we kind of said, this is kind of a weak division this year. So, so maybe this is the year, you know, a turf force wins, wins, uh, the dirt race, you know, I mean, remember uh Catholic boy, right? I don't, did he win? He won the Travers yeah. this place right back here. That was a bad three-year-old crop. Yep. So, um, the, the only other horse I kind of wanted to talk about here, um, 
is uh is the three gambling girl um and uh maybe maybe you're gonna accuse me of doing what i did last time uh which is uh you know moving a horse up off a losing effort um off of several losing efforts several losing efforts and has lost to wet paint at this point uh on the off track um but you know i i thought this was just an in, another interesting horse irad gets aboard here and um, I, I has ridden the horse a couple times. It's always tough uh, reading the PPs and seeing the I and J switch back and forth. <laughs> um, but um, you know, got you know, got beat by a a long shot, uh, a horse that neither of us talked about uh, today, uh, and um, is is coming right back. I don't know. This was just more of a, a run style type thing, you know, um, similar to like wet paint. Um, you know, if you think this race sets up for wet paint and sets up for a, a closer, um, gambling girl, I think does have a, a pretty nice late kick and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe something, maybe it sets up for her as well. You know, maybe not so much uh, a win candidate, but definitely an interesting horse to use underneath here at 15 to one. You know what gambling girl would be very good at going a mile and a half. That is a horse that wishes the coaching club American Oaks was still at Belmont Park at a mile and a half the day before the Belmont. Because if you look at the way this horse runs, yes, she's a closer, but she's sort of a plotter, a grinder. She doesn't have that electric turn of foot that a horse like Wet Paint has. This is a horse that'll keep coming and keep coming and keep coming and keep coming, regardless of how long the race is. This horse wants longer than this mile and an eighth distance. Just what are you like Alabama? Alabama at a mile and a quarter, maybe. But honestly, maybe longer. Right. Like, it, it's one of those instances where I, I look at the way this horse runs, and I've seen her run several times. I've watched a lot of Aqueduct the past six months or so. She's a nice horse, but even in a year where the three-year-old fillies are as weak as they are, I think 15 to one is an underlay. I think that's going to drift up. Uh, I'm just not a fan and prefer others. And again, you mentioned it, the whole wet paint beat that horse. It wasn't like it was close. Yeah. Um, just briefly, uh, I, I am going to show here the, uh, the optics plot for this race. Um, and, you know, this will update obviously for, for scratches. So, um, if, if you're a subscriber, you know, this will, this will update nicely. You'll get rid of the AEs and stuff. Um, and I just looking at it, just like I said, the kind of things that, that's, that stick out to me, obviously Darth Vader, the 12, uh, being above the par line there. Um, just, just kind of an interesting spot to be on in the plot. Um, you do kind of notice more of the horses are on the front half, the, the first and third quadrant, um, which means that it does lean a little bit more towards early speed. Um, I, I will say, um, Julia shining looks really good on this plot. So if she is one that draws in, I think that she might be worth a look, um, as kind of a mid pack horse, kind of where I see the 11 kind of sitting, uh, on this plot. Um, obviously you see the three and the seven, uh, as those big old squares in uh, in Q4, which means they're the the, the big late closers. So um, I, I think it does set up for somebody on the 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 right side of the um, the uh, the access there. So 
11, 16, 3, 7, they, they kind of all look good in here. Um, I'm taking a bit of a shot with the 10 and 12 in, in case some speed shows up. And like I said, a couple of scratches, who knows what happens, you know, weird stuff happens all the time. You know, people don't want to run, run in the mud or something. And, and the pace scenario changes completely. And, and, you know, maybe this looks a little bit different, but, uh, looking at this race two two days out, it's, at least that's kind of how I'm kind of looking at the plot, looking at the pace scenario here. Mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I guess real quick. So Andrew, you're, you're just tech, like gun to your head, wet paint. Yeah, seven and nine as my A horses, six and 14 as Bs in some multi-race exotics, but wet paint just looks like the class of the field, and, and tell me no lies, looks like the value play. Again, if you act like FaZe, it doesn't exist. How much better does her record look? True. All right, Andrew. This one's easy. This one's easy? Easy. It's, this one's not easy. Forte shouldn't lose. Come on, come. Okay, I'm I'm calling I'm calling the gimmick uh, the gimmick flag here. Wait a minute, just, flag? Yeah, I don't You're know. Flag? flag on the play. I don't know something. You need to throw something. Really, I thought that you were just into in the Forte because you have a no. a uh, future bet. No, I don't think Forte loses. Uh, for one thing, if you haven't seen it. There is video of him schooling in the paddock today at Churchill Downs. Josh, it is the second best I have ever seen a racehorse look as far as these schooling sessions, and I will never forget the first. The first is a horse that might have been a little bit before your time. It was a horse named Shared Belief right before the Santa Anita Handicap in 2015. And I will send you that video after we get off the air. He's literally dragging his handlers through the Santa Anita paddock. And it was as if he was wearing a big neon sign that says, I am not losing. This wasn't quite that good, but it was really encouraging if you like Forte. And uh, I believe this was a DJ Khaled tune, but uh, if so, I believe Forte is DJ Khaled's favorite horse because all he does is win, win, win. What Five about King, King's Barn? Isn't that all he does is two? We'll get there. Forte has five wins in a row. And you remember what I said about looking a gift horse in the mouth and devaluing horses that win? A lot of horse racing Twitter did this with Forte after the Florida Derby. You are not supposed to put up any figure at all running from post position 11, going a mile and an eighth at Gulfstream Park. You're not supposed to. You're not supposed to win. Forte wins, overcoming some trouble, spotting Mage, who I think is a very nice horse, two lengths turning for home, and Forte runs him down. And I'm supposed to devalue him based on that? No. The thing that I don't like about that line of reasoning, let's say for a minute that Forte runs in the Florida Derby and the post position beats him. Let's say he finishes third, beaten three lengths. Forte is what, eight to one in the Kentucky Derby under that scenario, thereabouts? You figure? Mm -hmm. How many no Forte people become go Forte people? It's the same horse. Yeah, but I mean, value. 
And that's a very dangerous thing because while that win pool number says three to one or five to two or seven to two or whatever he's going to go off at, there are other ways you can make money while leaning on a horse that looks like he's the best horse. I've written about this in a couple of different locations. By the time you see this, there may very well be an article up on the lines, a Katina Media website where I have a $100 budget and I go through what exactly I would do in this spot without giving too much away. Josh, 10 years ago in 2013, the favorite won the Kentucky Derby. That was a horse named Orb. Orb was five to one. The runner up was a horse named Golden Soul. Golden Soul was 34 to one. Five to one over 34 to one. What do you think that exacta paid? 100 bucks. Way off. How much? $981. With 20 horses in the field, exactas overpay, even when the favorite is involved. What I'm going to try to do is key forte on top of four or five other horses in exactas to where if, say, forte is three to one and I get a 15 to one or 20 to one shot in second, all of a sudden, instead of putting 20 bucks to win on Forte, I have five $4 exactas or four $5 exactas that are in position to pay considerably more in addition to the 15 to one Derby future I have on Forte that Josh hinted at. There are other ways to find value in this race. You don't have to be married to the wind pool in order to do that. And I think dismissing Forte out of hand simply because he's three to one is a major mistake. So I have a couple of problems with, with, with some of the stuff. You what said. a shock. So first of all, it's 2023. You can marry whoever you want, including the wind pool. Second of all, uh, if you did watch that video of, um, you know, uh, Forte Crip walking or whatever, um, you know, and Snoop Dogg probably saying he wants to put that horse in his video. Um, <laughs> Where did that come from? Do you, do you not remember uh, when they like they Snoop Dogg and uh, was it Snoop Dogg and Kevin Hart were doing like commentary for the uh, the Olympics? And oh, they, the equestrian they, horse, yeah. Yeah, the equestrian horse that was like doing that sideway, sidewalks. I remember. He's like, oh, that, that horse is crip walking. I want to put him in my video. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, you know, I was reminded, seeing that video, though, I was reminded of, um, of a moment, you know, uh, from a real large tournament um, a couple of years back. Uh, and one white Goodman came out with his entire team and danced similarly to the way Forte did. And we all know how that ended. So to where... be clear, you are against my logic about Forte because of the plot of the cinematic classic Dodgeball, wherein, by the way, White Goodman is actually Tony Perkis from Heavyweights in Witness Protection. Yes. Go Average okay. Joes. And I don't know, someone posted it on Twitter, so I've totally stole this idea because someone's like, oh my God, Forte is, uh, is White Goodman from, from Global Gym, which I just thought was hilarious. So I had to bring it up here. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, you know, we, we talked about the Derby a little bit earlier today. Um, and, and one thing I will say about Forte, 
Um, there, there's a price uh, that that Forte does make sense. And I will agree with you. I don't think that price is very far away from the three to one morning line he is. Um, a lot of my comments about Forte and the way I felt about Forte was him being five to two and the overwhelming favorite in this race. I I try not to get caught up in the nonsense that is horse racing Twitter too much. Good idea. Good move. Every once in a while, I do pop in and just like want to toss a little bit of gasoline on the flame. But for the most part, I, I stay out of the dumpster fire. You mean fire. like you did on the horse racing nation stream of the Derby oh, Draw on Monday? Yeah, that was that was. I mean, that was just chef's kiss. So thank you for your um, service, good sir. I, I I had like twenty people text me after that, so I thought I did a good job. You did. Um, you did. I was one of them. Um. And just but just seeing the discourse on Twitter. I mean, Forte is not the worst bet in the race. Not even close. No, that belongs to Tappet Trice. But, um, yeah, I mean, if Forte floats up to like, like you were saying, like nine to two, five to one, I mean, still stays the favorite, right? Um, but floats up to that price. I'm like, okay, this makes a little bit more sense because. I was always under the impression this horse is going to be five to two. All right, there nine to two and five to two. There's a far cry between the two, right? Um, horizontally, I would not with the size of the pools. I would not blame anybody for using Forte and maybe even using him defensively. If you've got a strong opinion elsewhere, if you, in that sequence, yeah, yeah, like, and, and I think I think in a twenty horse field, like the efficiency is in the twenty horse field, right? And or maybe only using three or four horses in that field, right? That being said, um, if someone were to call me today and be like, "Hey, I want to bet a hundred dollars to win on a horse in the Derby. Who is it?" I would not say Forte. No. Um, no, what I would say is pretty much the same thing I just told you. Take that $100, play $425 exactus or $520 exactus. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's not an A for me. Um, and and here, here's my argument. And take it or leave it uh, kind of the way you will, but. If you were to strip out a lot of the information of the PPs, right, and maybe you just put the running lines up there, um, maybe you put the speed figures up there as well, um, and, and you kind of look at it, strip the names out, compare it to a bunch of other horses in this field, I don't think that he is that much better than a lot of the other horses in this field. Now, clearly you feel you feel differently, right? You feel like, like he should walk over this field. I don't see it the same way. Um, I think, for example, and the argument I made earlier is, I don't think he's three times more likely to win this race uh, than the ten horse practical move, who I is do. currently sitting at ten to one. I do. Yeah, you might. I don't. 
and, and that's why like my eyes go more towards a horse like Practical Move. Obviously, Practical Move is probably my second or third choice in this race. Um, I, I, I don't know, like what's wrong with me, but I'm probably taking the underlay, probably an underlay on this race, but still a horse I think that is just super dangerous and has got a very, very good chance in this race. And that's a Dermasodagake. That's one of the horses that I'm using in Exactus. I mean, yeah. it's one of those instances where you look at the UAE Derby, you look at this race I don't think post 17 is a disqualifier for this horse. I think he's fast enough to be able to clear most of this field and be able to set a fairly clean trip. And if he does, he'll have every chance if he's good enough. Yeah. And I, I laughed a little bit today because uh, I was in, um, in a group chat or Slack channel that, that I'm in. And uh, someone had posted something like, yeah, this was my first toss because a UAE Derby horse has never won and a 17 post has never won. And then he proceeded to say, so, but Forte is my top pick. And, uh, you know, I, I'm always really weary of people who, you know, they start talking about these like, oh, this, this, this is 04, this is 04, whatever. How many uh, derbies has Irad Ortiz won? None. How many times has Irad Ortiz placed in the Derby? Not many. Zero. Yep. I mean, like, I'm not saying that that like that's the reason you disqualify Forte, but I'm just saying when you start when you dig down into some of these statistics like that to to the the degree that we do sometimes with, you know, oh this has never happened, you know. Um, especially for something that's like not a huge sample size. Now, obviously. I think what UAE Derby's only been around for for so long, so I think it's like oh for eight or something. I don't think it's a big number. It's it's been it's longer than that. That came about about twenty years ago, not long after the Dubai World Cup was incorporated. But a number of times that race was run over the synthetic track at Maidan. They've gone back to conventional dirt. Uh, with that in mind, you have gotten horses like Thunder Snow, like Mendelssohn those horses that have come over and been fairly well fancied with that in mind though, Dermasotogake has gotten a lot more steam than any of those horses with the possible exception of Mendelssohn, who I know some people really liked Dermasotogake coming from Japan where they're breeding horses much differently than we do in the United States. We're breeding for speed, precocity, and whatever the hell brilliance is. Josh, if you can define brilliance in five words or less, more power to you. Um, in Japan, they're breeding for stamina. They're breeding for soundness. And they're breeding horses that run a lot. This is a horse that is built for this kind of trip. Is he good enough? I'm not sure. But he's a B for me because if this comes in Dermasodogake Forte and I don't have at least a saver reverse exacta on that, that's just bad gambling. Yeah. I I, I honestly think that um, this this is probably my top pick. I, I'll, yeah, this is probably my top pick. I get um, it. And, you know... I've come around a little bit on on Forte, only because 
everybody else seems to think that Forte is is you know a a, a second. I don't know. Like like yeah, like the horse is still the like horse still won the Florida Derby. All right, maybe he hasn't progressed as much as as we've seen some Four of these other horses. Four grade one wins. Four of them. But it, it's just really hard to you know to look at that and and honestly, um, kind of some of the the stuff I see with Forte is some of the stuff I actually also see with the 10-horse practical move. Um, if you were to ask anybody on Twitter or, or any, you know, any of the talking heads, whatever, if you were to ask them to take one of the horses out of the, the Santa Anita Derby that they like out of that race, I would say 9 out of 10 of them would not say the actual winner of that race practical move. Yep, absolutely. And... For a horse that that's run very consistent, has run the fastest time form U.S. figure out of anybody in the field, with the exception of uh, another one of my my top picks in this race. Um, this horse should this horse should be what Tappet Trice is, and it's it is very much not. N- nobody thinks that this horse is is going to run in this race. Um, you know, we I don't remember if this is a conversation you and I had, Andrew, or if this was a conversation I had with um in one of the other number of podcasts I've done. This they past all week. sort of blur together. They do they? also sort of blur together. But um there's a horse uh f- frequently um you know we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll be like, Well that horse got a perfect trip, right? And and I get that, and I get throwing out the horse getting a perfect trip once. Same thing when the horse runs into trouble, right? Oh, horse ran into trouble, tossed that last out, you know, he's going to run better, right? The Z pattern, all that stuff. All of a sudden, it happens twice. Happens three times. And people keep betting it or betting against. Look at if a horse gets a perfect trip three times in a row, the horse, the horse and or the jockey just know how to get the right trip out of the horse. If Tacitus keeps on finding trouble in every single race he oh, runs. Oh, Tacitus. You need to stop betting the horse Thank because there's you. just something finally, wrong. Finally, we agree on a horse. Josh, hit the applause button. We finally agree. The Tacitus people were freaking insane. So so I get people, people once again, are trying, I, I think, to the point you made earlier, they're trying to discount the wins that Practical Move had. And I think this horse is getting a little bit lost on the board because we live in a world where Bob Baffert cannot earn points. And, you know, you look at the the horses that he beat um, in these points races that had to get shifted out of Bob Baffert's barn. And... I don't know. For some reason, all of a sudden, we think less of these horses. I, I think subconsciously, right? This horse went out and and just, with the exception of uh, Arabian Night, uh, who I know was taken off of the uh, the Derby Trail relatively early, and and, and might have been B- Bob's best horse. Let's uh, not. That's not Was by far. Practical move is beat every other Bob horse 
Bactine horse or or Yaffert uh, or uh, I, I forgot who else he shipped horses off Sean to. Sean McCarthy, uh, Rudy Brisset, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I, I just don't have time to make up uh, uh, amal amalgamations. Of, it's of okay. There's, yeah, I, I get where you're going. My issue with practical move has nothing to do with his talent. I think he's a very talented racehorse. I don't think he wants any part of a mile and a quarter. I think a mile and an eighth is as far as he wants to go. Mandarin Hero, who was a second-tier Japanese horse, was gaining on him, and practical move got saved by the wire. Skinner, who ran third that day, got a piss-poor ride from Victor Espinosa. Espinosa got taken off. Juan Hernandez gets on. We may be talking about Skinner in a couple of minutes. That's called foreshadowing, kids. I think practical move may very well be your Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile winner. I think he's got a lot, and I mean a lot of talent. But I look at him. I look at the pedigree. I see Practical Joke, who ran fifth in the Kentucky Derby. If you get a second, look up his Kentucky Derby and just watch Joel Rosario's ride. Joel Rosario, you could see, was basically told, look, this horse is doing great. He's not a mile and a quarter horse. Save every single inch of ground you can. Joel Rosario did. Practical Joke was fifth in the Kentucky Derby when he ran. Practical Move is a very nice horse. I agree with your point about finding perfect trips. He's got a lot of tactical speed. I think he'll be right up on the pace, and I think he'll be in a good spot. But I question what happens when they turn for home and they've still got a quarter of a mile to go. I don't think he wants any part of that trip. Having said that, Josh, I've got a doozy of a question for you. Mm -hmm. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has asked this question, and it's one of the great subplots in the Kentucky Derby this year. If Practical Move wins the Kentucky Derby, does co-breeder Chad Brown go to the winner's circle? I hope so. Isn't that a great question? How is nobody interviewing Chad Brown asking, wait, why did you sell this horse? Yeah, I, I, I have no idea. Isn't it fun though? It, it's a very, it's a very fun question. Um, and, and like, I guess you, you can't really blame, uh, you can't really blame Chad because it did take this horse a while to, to kind of come of its own. And they did get $230,000 back when nobody was quite sure what practical joke was going to be as a sire. And he's been pretty good. But it's just this weird twist of fate where Chad Brown, who by any measure is a top five trainer in the United States right now, probably the best trainer to never win the Kentucky Derby, does not have a Derby horse this year. His only tie to a Derby horse is one that he sold. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just think he's just he's such an interesting horse. I mean, you go back and look through his PPs, right? Uh Lost the maiden race to Cave Rock, who obviously we, we didn't get to see this year. Um, then lost the maiden to National Treasure, who's another nice, uh, you know, Baffert horse. Head case, though, finds trouble. Yep, ended up getting, ended up winning a race by DQ to Fort Bragg, another uh, Baffert horse who I think is running in the Pat Day Mile, I think. Sounds right. Um, and, uh, 
Yeah, Rand, you know, it, just a really, really interesting horse. And it's funny because he didn't really come into his own until he started going two turns, which, you know, you're talking about practical move being a little distance limited. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think at this point, um, you know, maybe you know, we're at the point where we're, the horse is what he is, right? Like, we could talk about uh, pedigree and other stuff, but I don't know. I We'll we'll see what happens with this horse. I I think I think the price is going to be right on on the ten uh, practical. I move. agree. If you like practical move, you're not going to get a better price than you're going to get on Saturday, especially if he runs well. The more I look at him, the more I think of Golden Sense from years past, a horse that won the San Anita Derby for Doug O'Neill. They tried him in the Derby in the Preakness. It didn't go well. They cut him back, and all he did was win the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile twice. That's a good horse. Now, I just judging by where we are with the past performances on the YouTube screen, um, do we need to fire up the Larry Ravelli commercial? Uh, I, I've already started posting the, the GIFs everywhere. So, Oh, I've been posting that video for weeks on end. Somebody that writes for PlayIllinois.com, a site in the Katina portfolio, came to me and said, does Illinois have any connections to the Kentucky Derby? I said, wait a moment, let me show you something. <laughs> um, you know when Derby when, when the Derby really started to take over you know horse racing as it does about two three weeks out where you know racing kind of wanes you know there's not really anything there they run the Lexington for no no good reason well it was um, a very good reason for disarm this year yeah we were in third and got in <laughs> but um you know, I was like, you know, I'm going to talk about two fills, and, and it's just, just, just as the meme, right? Because my love for Larry Ravelli has no bounds, um, and uh, you know, I Illinois connection, all that stuff. You know, seeing Jareth Loveberry stay on, like, you know, like to me, it's a, it's a good feel good story for me, uh, and so I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I don't even care if the horse makes absolutely zero sense, like. Um, you know, I, I'm gonna meme this thing into reality. There you go. And there is, um, there's, there's always, obviously, the saying, "Don't let your memes be dreams." And I've actually talked myself into this horse. I think this horse has actually got a very legitimate shot. Did they and move what, the Kentucky Derby to Turfway Park? And what sent me over the edge were, were two things. One, uh, we're, we're gonna get a little bit of weather. It sounds like. Uh, how how sloppy or, or wet it's going to be, I'm not sure. But if you look four races back, in a sloppy Churchill Downs track, on October 30th, the Great Three Street Sense, two fills not only wins, but he wins going away by five and a half lengths. In probably his most impressive win that he's had. Uh, and, and, you know, yes, the Jeff Ruby stakes was also impressive, but you, you point out, synthetic i don't know what i may jump in really quick because you mentioned weather and i really don't want this to be going to any sort of extremes here they say 30 percent chance of rain on saturday and it's looking like at least according to my trusty iphone weather app it's looking like that might be after the race is over it's what about looking friday, like a though? Bad track. what about friday though Friday is very much the same thing. I'm looking and it says it says high of 71, low of 49, cloudy, maybe some light showers at night. Okay. They they were talking before of there being a lot more rain. But either way, 
I mean, um, it's a reflex at this point. Derby day. It's going to pour. Can you blame us? Yep. Um, but these Turfway horses, at, we've seen it at Keelan. We've seen it at Churchill so far. They've come, and, and they seem to like the track. Um, so... I, I'm not going to say that the horse is going to move forward off that effort, but if that horse pairs that effort, I think that he's got a very, very strong shot. He's got speed inside and outside of him. So I think, although he's kind of posted inside, I think he's going to be able to just kind of follow a horse like Verifying, a, a horse like Confidence Game, and just get right behind them and not let any of these outside horses kind of cross in him. I think he's still going to be able to get into a good spot. And I'm not a workouts person, but I heard on the podcast today from David Aragona that the best work he's probably seen in like like he's and he even said he's like, he's not really a works guy, but if you want to talk about a good work, you need to see the way that Two Fills was working at Hawthorne that last work at Hawthorne. He said that that was a very 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 good work. So. Once I heard that, I mean, that's all I needed to hear. I mean, I basically, you could have told me, I don't know, you could have told me Jose Valdivia Jr. was, was going to come ride this horse, and I may, maybe I would have uh, would have just, you know, shoved the money in. But I don't know. I, I'm, I'm back on two fills. Um, I, I think he's going to be an A-type for me here. Um, I, I'm basically going to be 310, uh, a horse we haven't talked about yet, uh, and probably the horse of the short prices I like the most, the 14, Angel of Empire, and uh, the 17, Derma Sotogake, are, are going to be my A's in this race. So for me, Forte's alone A. We've talked about Derma Sotogake. We haven't really mentioned the other Bs that I have. You mentioned Angel of Empire. That's one of my other Bs. His Arkansas Derby win was very good. I think he low-key benefited from the pace sort of melting down. A lot of the early factors were just nowhere at the finish. They sort of fell apart, and Flavian Pratt was sitting back in the catbird seat, and all he had to do was steer the horse around the turn, and boom, he was gone. Now, this is a very nice horse that's clearly moving in the right way. If you're looking at this on YouTube and you're seeing the Briz speed figures, they tell a story of a horse that's moving forward. You see 76, 86, 97, 101. That's an improving work pattern. I like that. He's a nice horse. I'm looking at the Arkansas Derby. I see 149 and three. Much was made about Forte's run in the Florida Derby and how that was mistimed and how the figures weren't all that great. Da, 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 da. Even with that, the Florida Derby was faster. An angel of empire had an absolutely perfect trip when Forte did not. I can't put Angel of Empire above Forte. I just can't do it. But Angel of Empire is a very nice horse. Flavian Pratt has shaken off some of those early year struggles that you were very quick to jump on in a couple of our prior episodes earlier this year when he was something like, it was an epic slump at Santa Anita. You remember this, Josh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I relished in it. Well, he's bounced back. He, uh, yeah. he He's doing just fine for himself. Unfortunately. The prices that I want to talk about a little bit are two horses we have not mentioned yet. Uh, horses number eight and nine in the program. Horse number eight is Mage. If you like Forte, you have to at least give Mage a look because Mage made him work in the Florida Derby. Now, there are reasons not to like this horse. Did not run as a two-year-old. 
has found trouble in each of the last two starts. But if you look at that Florida Derby trip, you see a lot of things to like. The comment line says off slow. That undersells it. He was dead last away from the gate. Luis Saez was able to get him outside of horses, and he managed to make a move. It was a very early move, but it was a move he had to make in order to have any shot. He got a two-length jump on Forte. Again, I keep coming back to this. Forte was not supposed to beat him that day with the trip that he had. Forte just winds up coming to get him. Mage, though, to me, hits me as a horse that could absolutely improve, a horse that has tactical speed. And if you're looking at talented horses with gate issues, Josh, let me ask you this. Do you want Mage at 15 to 1 or Tap at Trice at a third of the price? Hmm. Just saying. Give me Mage in that instance. By the way, we're talking about fun derby stats. How many derby wins does Javier Castellano have? I don't know. How many? Zero? Big old goose egg. Hall of Fame rider has won pretty much everything else. Never won the Derby. I think he's got a shot here. I also want to talk a little bit about Skinner. I mentioned the massive rider switch to Juan Hernandez, who had been winning absolutely everything in sight at Santa Anita. If you rewatch the Santa Anita Derby, you see a horse that didn't have a good trip to start with, then gets moved early, moved very wide. The comment line says gamely, both horse and rider had no punch in the last eighth of a mile. If anyone else in the rider's room is on Skinner in the Santa Anita Derby, I think he wins the Santa Anita Derby. Because even with all that trouble, he was third, beaten a half length. Juan Hernandez comes in for John Sheriffs, who won a Derby 18 years ago, with Ken Rudolph's favorite horse, Giacomo, at 50 to 1. Skinner's not going to be that price, but I think he's very, very, very live. Give me exactas where I'm keying Forte with Mage, with Skinner, with Angel of Empire, and with Derma Sotogake. That's going to be my primary plays. I understand Forte is not going to be anything resembling a gigantic price. But just take a look at those exacta will pays as money starts coming in. I think you're going to be very surprised with how high the probables are for everything that isn't a combination of Forte and Tappet Trice. That's the one combination I really don't want to play because that combination I think is going to be an underlay. If Tappet Trice beats me, he beats me. So my concern with Skinner is uh, it's a John Sheriff's horse. I don't know. I mean, John Sheriff brings his horses along really slow. I mean, he needs like what, like 12 or 15 starts before they really get going, don't doesn't he? So believe it or not, way, way back in the olden days of the 1990s, John Sheriff's won with first-time starters. <laughs> but his mindset just totally shifted as he got a couple of very notable clients, and he wound up getting horses that got better as they got older. He embraced being able to give time to his horses, and off they went. So I want, I want to paint a picture for you. West Coast horse, shown some speed, ran in a bunch of big prep races, and a jockey by the name of John Velasquez gets aboard, goes wire to wire. Have you heard the story before? I have heard the story before. How many times? Um, 
once in 2021 with a horse named Medina Spirit who keyed the greatest Kentucky Derby of my life. And you can take my Medina Spirit winnings from my cold, dead hands, just like Charlton Heston with his guns. And? There's an and? Yeah, this has happened more than once. Oh, yeah, there was that... uh, uh, it was this horse that was the real deal back in yeah. about 2020. Uh, it, it was this horse that was genuine. It was this horse that was the real McCoy, so to speak. Um, the horse that just absolutely buried Tis the Law and made me what do you so have happy. What oh, do you have against man, that was the... You're going to need to elaborate on this at some juncture, maybe not today, but you're going to need to elaborate your hatred for Tis the Law. Oh, man. What did Sakatoga Stables ever do to you? They got mad that I said, oh, what a surprise you guys are uh, retiring this horse, and a bunch of people were like, oh, well... No, Wait a minute. Because he was injured. People on horse racing Twitter got big mad. I'm shocked, Josh. Shocked. Yeah. By the way, I know some of the Sacatoga Stables guys. Jack Knowlton is a fellow graduate of the Ithaca College. He's actually a good guy. I'm sure they're fine. I just, I didn't like the horse. And then, of course, they retired him and didn't run him at four. And they claimed an injury, whether or not that, that was true. So I just may or may not have hoped that he was sterile. Um, but, anyways, um, yeah, I mean, I really think that um, Reincarnate ran a better race than it kind of looked last time out. Um, and I think you'd kind of brought up where you felt like that Arkansas Derby fell apart a little bit. Um, Reincarnate was sitting there right there in second that entire time chasing that pace. He ran uh, And he, he ran well. Um, I, I think he does have the run style that... Um, fits well in the Derby. I don't think he's a win candidate, but I definitely think that this is a horse that I'm going to use in second, third, fourth. If I, if I play when, well, when I play the super, um, and I think this is definitely a horse that that has got a very, very good shot of hitting the board. Um, you know, beat, beat the likes of national treasure Newgate way back when, um, I think this might be, might be a, a horse that maybe is a little bit distance limited. Um, you know, might get out there, uh, set the pace, and, and maybe, you know, get past in the stretch. But I don't know. I thought this was an interesting horse. I thought it was interesting that John Velasquez can probably ride almost any horse that he wants uh, that, that didn't have an established rider, which, I mean, is basically, if we were going to rank horses like one through six or something, is pretty much seven through through 20 he could pick up, you know, if he didn't have a mount. And uh, you know he he decided to stay here on uh, on reincarnate. So I thought that was a little interesting. Um, uh, not really a win candidate for me, but uh, a horse I liked underneath. Um, and then another horse I did like underneath. I wanted to talk about briefly. Um, you know, I know we've talked about the wood entirely way too much. No, um, we haven't. We can't talk about the wood enough. And obviously, uh, the wood was won by uh, by Lord Miles. Hey, what was um, his price? What was Lord Miles' price? I don't even remember. I don't want to know. 59 to 1. In oh, fact, I'm looking at my form right now, and there's a little heart above what his odds were in the Wood Memorial. I, I drew that. I'm usually not much of an artist, but I had to draw a little heart right above 59.25 to 1. 
anyways, I thought maybe uh, maybe Hit Show uh, ran the best race that that day. Um, Probably. And I think I think the extra distance is going to help. Um, and I I don't. I, the horse has got a lot of work to do because he's drawing the rail, um, and you know his his plan is going to have to be the same as um, as the three horse two fills where he's got to let verifying go he's got to let the other horse speed horses go but he's got to stay right behind them in order to kind of be hustled up and not just get completely completely locked up there in the rail so. Um, I don't know. I, I trip wise, I think he's got a lot of work to do. Uh, he's thirty to one in the line. Um, but I, this is another one I think that that's got a really good shot to to pick up a piece. He reminds he's like a he reminds me a little bit of like a like a Zandon type, you know, like like a horse that um just always runs a good race. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, he's won he's won more races than Zandon. But, you know, even his bad races are, are pretty decent. I mean, if you look at his one loss at Churchill, right, look at the horses in there. Um, I mean, And he did not have a good start that day. If you watch yeah. the replay, there's a genuine excuse there. For me, the rail's a killer. If Lord Miles had drawn even the four or five post, I'd have thought, okay, maybe hit show has a shot. I can't get behind him. Not from the rail. However, I do have one bonkers horse that it would not shock me if it wound up hitting the board. It's not Lord Miles. Don't worry. I'm not going back to that well. However, I'm going to go to a horse just to Lord Miles' inside. I'm referring to horse number 18, Rocket Can, who is 30 to 1 on the morning line and I think is a candidate to go off somewhere in the 40s. Josh, what's the usual record when an owner winds up calling the shots and dictating where a horse winds up going rather than the trainer? Uh, about the same as the 17 post. It's not good. Frank Fletcher is an Arkansas guy. Because he's an Arkansas guy, he wanted Rocket Can to run in the Arkansas Derby at Oaklawn Park. Bill Mott a Hall of Fame trainer, and one heck of a nice guy who I've had the pleasure of interviewing a couple of times, acquiesced. They ran in the Arkansas Derby. And what happened was a really interesting little wrinkle in the Derby picture. Rocket Can lost a photo for third. If he had won the photo for third, Reincarnate is not in this field. Reincarnate would not have had enough points. He winds up probably going in the Pat Day mile or going back to Bob Baffert and waiting on the Preakness. But look at the three workouts at Churchill Downs since he came to the Twin Spires. The very first work, April 13th, bullet. Four furlongs and 46 and three. You get a five furlong work in 101, 11th fastest to 41. Then you get one final tune-up going five furlongs in 59 and four, fourth fastest of 35. Bill Mott's back at the controls. And I'm not saying Rocket Can wins the race, but his run in the Fountain of Youth wasn't bad. He had every excuse to spit the bit when Cyclone Mischief and Mage came up to him, in addition to Forte, who just wasn't losing. 
Rocket Can fought and wound up finishing second in that particular race. I like the fact that he's got a win over this Churchill down surface. He also ran second behind Confidence Game in that November 26th race that also featured Hit Show. Talk about a key race, right? I see that kind of price. Rocket Can could absolutely run third or fourth in this race, and it would not shock me in the slightest. Uh, you know what Rocket Can can win? What? Is me a bottle of whiskey for having a Holy Bull runner get into the Derby Gate. There Thank you go. Caleb. There you need, go. Rocket yeah. Can or Lord Miles, one of them just needs to get in the gate. <laughs> and there's a little bit of question on whether or not Lord Miles gets in there, but uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll deal with we'll that later. That, uh, we'll, we'll let sleeping dogs lie on that. Yep. Um, in a word, yikes. Anyway, it would not surprise me if Rocket Can ran big at a big price in this particular race. I think he's got some talent. Yeah. Um, so it sounds like your play... Uh, you're advocating exact uh, forte keyed with a couple of horses. What, what horses are those again? Sure. So the main keys are going to be Mage, Skinner, Angel of Empire, Derma Sotogake. And I might have some lighter exactas with the likes of Rocket Can simply because if it comes in forte Rocket Can and it's a reprise of that 2013 exacta that pays $900 and I don't have it, I quit gambling. And everyone would rejoice. Not everyone. <laughs> Believe it or not, I've been a very busy boy this week, and uh, people actually seem to like the content that's being put out there. If you haven't seen it, by the way, I was part of a preview that folks at Gaming Today were able to do. It was myself, Brant James, Alicia Wince-Hughes, and Johnny Avello from DraftKings. We sat down, and it was about a half-hour sit-down after the post-position draw on Monday. That was an absolute blast. Really enjoyed being a part of that been doing some writing for legal sports report they seem to like what i'm doing i'll have some stuff up on the lines as well later this week and I'll also wind up doing a couple of radio hits too if you're in the upstate new york area tune in on the afternoon ride home you may well wind up hearing me i'm so glad i don't live in upstate new york right now you know i gotta tell you there's times where i miss this place yeah. there truly are i miss my family the same parts at least I miss really good pizza. I don't miss the snow one bit. Not one. Um, it's going to be 10 years in October. Haven't shoveled snow since. I don't miss it. Does, uh, does Saratoga stay open for like simulcast like other tracks or no? Um, no. The Saratoga Harness Track does. You mm. can go and you can do simulcast stuff there. They used to have a really good buffet that may or may not have been a casualty of COVID. But I've actually seen a couple of Breeders' Cups there. I was there when uh, Blame gloriously beat Zenyatta, and they could have gone around again, and Zenyatta was never going by. Uh, my dad said it felt like a funeral with a whole bunch of really angry people stomping out. Meanwhile, I'm waiting to cash, and the only song that kept playing in my head as I was waiting to cash my Dangerous Midge Blame double, which paid really well, was uh, the classic tune from The Wizard of Oz, Ding dong, the witch is dead, the witch is dead, the witch is dead. Yes, I was the one dancing when Zenyatta got beat. Similar to the way I was dancing when Tis the Law got beat. The, the difference is, it, it's, it's a large, large, large difference, Josh. And at some point, you're going to need to go into further depth on that. But at any rate, 
Lots to really sink our teeth into Friday and Saturday at Churchill Downs, as well as the Thursday card. Thursday. No, <laughs> you sound stupid. Well, I thought we would be done with this in about 40 minutes. We're looking, nope. we're, we're pushing an hour and a Believe half. Believe it or here. not, we like to talk. Who knew? <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know. Lots of stuff. Obviously, Andrew plugged all his stuff. Um, you know, we, we both did uh, a show with Gino, I think. I don't know if that's up yet or not, but there was a uh, – that should be out soon. Um, yeah. Obviously, we have all the pick six videos that I have putting up. I got one more with Ryan Dickey going up uh, Thursday, which is probably when you're seeing this. So probably by the time you're watching this or listening to this, all my video, all the videos should be up. And then I will be putting all the audio as well up on the podcast feed. So you guys, if, if you're our audio listener, you'll get the pick six uh, stuff sometime uh, Thursday afternoon-ish. I'm guessing probably around noon. Um, and then obviously we got our live streams Thursday night, Friday night at our normal time, 7.30 Central, 8.30 Eastern, um, 5.30 Pacific uh, if we want to get, uh, get all there, 6.30 Mountain Time. Uh, I don't know what it is in... Um, Greenwich Mean Time, but uh, maybe I'll, I'll have to remember. It's three thirty Hawaiian. I know that. Three thirty Hawaiian. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, so we got uh, we got a lot of content coming out still this week, um, and uh, yeah, I, I think maybe there's a possibility we'll, that I might be jumping on on Saturday with um, on a live stream with Matthew DeSantis. Um, he told me that he has no social life and is going to be streaming Saturday. And if I wanted to, I'd be more than happy to join him. Um, so I told him that I would at, at the very least jump on and make a mint julep, uh, on stream with him. What um, a waste of good bourbon. Uh, I, I like mint juleps, but. Well, you're perverse. I, I've been called worse things. Hey, it's okay. It's all right. Um, you know, I've uh, been called plenty of bad things, especially the last couple of weeks. You know, I, that guy on the horse racing nation stream, my God, you know, who, where, where the heck did he come from? I did. I did like, uh, Ed's comment Good where, call. where he, where he was, what did he say? He said, oh yeah, that was, uh, um, Travis Stone was just, the face Travis Stone was making yes. was him reacting that, to. That was funny. But on the stream itself, when he said that, he just said, Great call. And that's the thing. Say whatever you want about me. It's going to be wrong, but say whatever you want about me. The very first thing you need to say, though, is, okay, that was pretty good. Give credit where credit is due. Yeah, I think that's how we'll end the stream. Give credit where credit is due. And, uh, yep. And the credit's due to you guys. Thank you guys for, uh, you know, interacting with us. All the buttons, like, all the subscribe, do all that stuff. Watch all our content. There's plenty of it out there. And uh, yeah, let's make some money this week. See you guys.